Well, it's always so great to see on our holy days, the feast days of obligation that fall during the weekday, a, a really good showing. Um, almost as many people show up as we, we have on Sundays, and it's a great, uh, it's a great thing. Uh, we're very happy to offer as many Masses as we can to accommodate people's uh, schedules uh, because we see such a great response. The people in Auburn are, are very good with this. It's, it's uh, very encouraging for me. Uh, and, uh, you know, on that same note, I hope you agree with me. I'm so glad that we celebrate Ascension Thursday on Thursday as opposed to putting it on Sunday. Okay, that's, you know, look, we're one of the few areas in the United States that actually celebrates Ascension Thursday on Thursday. It's a great thing. I mean, can you imagine doing Good Friday on Sunday? You know, something like that. That would, it's really cheesy. You know, we don't want to do that. So it's great to keep Good Thursday, uh, Ascension Thursday on Thursday. Well, today is a, is a very joyful uh, feast. We really um, uh, finish up the Paschal mysteries that we began, really, with Good Friday and Easter Sunday, and uh, continuing on through the time when Christ spent all of this, these days in intimate conversation with his apostles, and now he ascends to heaven. And it's their job now to carry on the baton in our second reading, we'll notice it's, it says that the church is the fullness of him who fills all in all. So we, the church of Christ, we fill out. We are Christ's fullness. We kind of make him complete. All right? Apart from us, in a certain sense, he's not complete. He's the head. We're his body. And so we now are his presence in the, in the earth. So on one hand, it might be uh, something there might be a note of sorrow because Jesus is gone. He's ascended to heaven. And the apostles, as the angels say, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up? The apostles could be like, oh, Jesus is gone. What are we going to do? But the moral of the story is that we are Jesus now. We are the extension of his earthly ministry. We've got to carry on that baton and be his presence of, uh, of truth and love and goodness in the world. And uh, there is a, a time of preparation uh, for a great event that's going to enable us to do that and to be that presence of Christ in the world, and that's the day of Pentecost. And that's what we begin to prepare for right now. We have got nine days. This is the first novena, okay? I think we're familiar with the practice of the novena. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of, of different kinds of novenas that we can pray for a given intention, and, uh, but, but it all goes back to this moment right here, to these days between Ascension Thursday and Pentecost Sunday. It's the ninth, it's the first novena. And so it's a time of great anticipation, a time of, uh, persevering prayer when we prepare for this great moment of Pentecost Sunday where we will be empowered to be Christ's presence in the, in the earth. And uh, maybe just a simple point here of this homily, I'll leave you with this, this is the main idea, is uh, we might want to ask ourselves, why is it that uh, God waited these nine days to send the Holy Spirit? How come he didn't just, you know, Jesus ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit came the next day? Why, why wait these nine days? Could God not have just sent the Holy Spirit immediately? Was he unwilling? What, what's the issue here? And the limitation or the lack, the issue is not with God. It's not on God's part. It's on our part. And it's a lesson for us 
Why do we do these novenas? Why take nine days? God's not going to answer our prayers on the second day or the third day. Why the nine? Why nine? Okay? It's because we are limited. God is waiting for us to, for our hearts to be enlarged and to grow in our desires. So the more that we pray, the more that our desire begins to uh, correspond to God's desire. God wants to answer our prayers more than we want them to be answered. And he's waiting for us, for our desire, for our prayers to be answered, to begin to at least approximate his. And so he allows us to exercise that virtue of prayer, that virtue of perseverance, that virtue of patience and confidence in, in him and in prayer. And that's why we have this time. It's a time of preparation and it's for our sake and not his. A little story that goes along with this. I think of, uh, we're, I'm getting ready for Mother's Day coming up this Sunday. I'm going to give a homily on, on, on mom. So I'm uh, thinking about mothers and uh, in just in the class with my, the high school kids and with the adult class, we, we covered St. Augustine and St. Monica. Okay, so St. Monica is the famous saint mother who prayed for her son. And, you know, we got the story, Augustine kind of is this wayward son. By the time he's 15 or 16, she's pulling out her hair wondering, you know, what, what the end of this guy is going to be. Uh, he's chasing women and he's getting into trouble and uh, she's really, really worried about him. And it would be a whole 15, 16, or 17 years before he would convert and seek baptism and find salvation and enter into the church and get his, get his act together. Well, with Monica, uh, she actually was... Um, really hoping kind of small things. She just wanted Augustine to be baptized and, and to be a good Christian and probably marry and settle down and just kind of live a normal, good, wholesome life. That's all she was looking for. And, uh, but she actually had kind of worldly, worldly ambitions for him. She wanted him to be a great rhetorician and to marry and this kind of like upper class and kind of improve his social status. So she had these kind of ambitions for him. Her designs, her desires were not really perfectly in accord with God's. Okay, And so God allowed 15 or 16 or 17 years to transpire before her prayers were answered. And when God answered her prayers, he answered them above and beyond what she could ask or imagine or conceive. Augustine didn't just become you know, a decent uh, you know, wholesome, healthy, living Catholic. He became, first he became kind of like a monk and a priest and a bishop, great theologian, and he turned out to be one of the most important theologians, doctors of the church, one of the greatest saints in the history of the church. His theology form, went on to form um, the, the bedrock, the foundation of what we believe commonly to this day as Catholics. And so, you know, can you imagine that? Here, she just wants him to, you know, marry in a social class above his, and she's got these kinds of designs for him, and she's praying, and he's chasing girls and getting in trouble. And he, God's desire for him would, that he would become one of the greatest saints in the history of the church. So God allows us to struggle in prayer and to wait for his answer to our prayers because he's got something bigger and better for us than we have for ourselves. 
So, my brothers and sisters, let's prepare for the great day of Pentecost. He's got something bigger and better for us than we have for ourselves. Let's persevere in prayer, and let's prepare for that great day.